Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brooke and Linda's Dream Club. Each week we head to the carnival of culture and write our favourite stories. Ah. <laughs> this week it's Drake versus Kanye. What the heck is their beef? Whoa, we got a couple of cowboys. We're also going to talk about how COVID is impacting the gender pay gap. Great news. And I've got a new podcast recommendation for you. Ooh. Besides this besides dreamy this one, one, besides this dreamy one for you, there is another one that I've been sinking Ooh. my little teethies in my ears. Your ear teeth into my ear teeth into. <laughs> so that waxy cartilage has grown ears. <laughs> hey, I just want to give a, a cutie little shout out to Imogen Scott who sent us a beautiful DM to our Instagram, which is the Dream Club podcast. She said, "I just want to tell you how much I love the Dream Club. Such great combos and chat. I know I'm not your best friend, but you both kind of." Make me feel like I am. Happy Wednesday, queens, and great job in the egg frozen section. Freeze them eggs, girls. Put them on ice. Put them on ice. Um, I also want to do a little shout out to Renee, who's hit us up on the Dream Club podcast on Instagram, saying, I've been smashing through the episodes and I wanted to ask you, Lindy, how many things do you put on your success list each day? I tried it today. It felt good, but I think I tried to achieve too much. Ooh. Thank you for keeping me sane during my runs. Um, so she's, <laughs> I know, during her runs, not diarrhea. She hasn't I think got she the means, runs. She hasn't got the runs, she's I going. believe. She's uh, really getting the adrenaline up and the heart rate up. But I think what she's asking about is how I do my little to-do list each day. Mm. So you break up your day into your categories of what you want. So you have well-being. You have a header that says well-being, one that says personal, one that says social, and one that says work. And under each of those headings, you put three things because otherwise you try and do too much. So, for example, under well-being, I have really simple things. So I remember to walk or like exercise, stretch and read before bed. Mm. And then social is like reply back to Brooke, call my friend in London, blah, blah, blah. Under personal, it's personal stuff like do the washing, cook dinner from scratch, call my mum. And then work only ever has three massive things in there. Otherwise, it's too much. So, Renee, there you go. Enjoy. Do you know what, Lindy? I might start doing it. All right, let's get into it. Dream Club. Brooke, we're going to start with uh, some beef. How do you feel about some beef? Mm, well done, please. No, well, actually well, well. medium rare. Well, this one is quite well done because it's the beef between Kanye and Drake. Uh, we're going to talk about their albums. We're going to talk about their beef. And also, I guess what the impact of them in the music world is at the moment, I think. Because in this last week, these two easily uh, of the biggest artists in the world released highly anticipated records. If you sat down and listened to them, it would have taken you a hell of a long time. They're both very lengthy albums, but finally... (laughs) 50 songs each. (laughs) Yeah, they've got 50 million streaming hours for you to get through Kanye's Donda and Drake's Certified Lover Boy. So, dude, there's been so much beef between these artists over the years. I don't know if you've ever kind of caught wind of it, little Boney, have you? 
I have caught wind of it. Here's a little clip of Kanye explaining what part of it is for him. Now, the next thing is with Drake. The fact that it's people making rumors or thinking that you f- my wife and you're not saying nothing and you carrying it like that, that don't sit well with my spirit. You know, if I had a girlfriend from Chicago, her name was Renita, and then you was married to Rihanna, I wouldn't make no song called Riri. So when you're like, oh, I don't know where it come from, you're too smart for that, bro. You know where that come from. Don't make no record with nothing that could be confused. So there's been all these examples of their beef over the years. Kanye has dissed Drake's lyrics. Drake has talked about how much he's a frenemy. And before this, uh, Kanye was one of the biggest influences on his music. There was stuff surrounding when Drake revealed that he has a son that people didn't know about and it led back to rumours that Kanye had said stuff. Drake apparently in the last week vandalised Kanye's house. Kanye then leaked Drake's address. Like there's so much high school stuff back and forth between these two guys. And, of course, it's totally intentional that they both released these big albums in the same week as a kind of who is going to win out, who is going to get more streams, who is going to get more love for their records. Okay, so first things first, how do they stack up against each other musically, in your opinion? They're totally different albums. Like when you listen to these records, they, as you can imagine, Kanye and Drake are completely different sorts of artists. Um, And these two albums really showcase that. Certified Lover Boy is... While there is some crossover with Kanye in terms of they both feature Travis Scott, they both have Jay-Z, they both have this like huge list of collaborators on the records, sonically they couldn't sound more different. Drake's is kind of well-trodden ground, heaps of samples, heaps of, there's like little bits of dance hall in there, there's bits of kind of passion fruit sounding moments, but it feels like traditional Drake but not heaps of hits, I have to say. Kanye's is also not a perfect record because Drake's doesn't feel like a perfect album. It feels like a lot of ideas that have been well ironed over the years and doesn't feel like he's going into new territory. So a bit formulaic. A bit formulaic. That's That's the dry kind of listen to it, and I've listened to it a bunch of times over the weekend. Kanye's, however, is also not flawless, But what it does do is it surprises me as a listener. The sounds, the styles within it. I'm not a religious person, um, but it is an album that talks about religion a lot. It talks about his mom. It talks about spirituality. I didn't think that I would be sitting there and enjoying and really engaging with songs like G, like that talk about Jesus. But I'm sitting there having a, a surprising and a delightful moment with these songs because there are things within these melodies that. No one else kind of sounds like that. Yeah. They they resonate so much more because I think they've come from a much higher, deeper place and they've been reworked to the to the bitter end, but there is something flawed but really, really interesting. Like that feels like an album that's going to influence the way the records sound next, whereas Drake's, not so much. So this is the thing. We'll get to the problematic parts of it in just a yeah. second. Here you've got Kanye who's doing things that are challenging even his own limits in terms of what he's doing to produce new music. But Drake is sort of stuck in this back and forth with Kanye mm. and sounds sort of like with himself over where he's going to head with his music. Yeah. Now, moving on from that, I am just so angry at both of them. Mm. because both of them have features and, you know, credits 
from people who are really, really problematic. Mm. Even watching the Donda listening party a couple of weeks ago and seeing Marilyn Manson on the porch, on the front steps of that house, and then, you know, over the weekend seeing that there was a credit from um, for R. Kelly on the Drake album. Like, here are two men who with so much power, with the power to to create careers, to to breed new talent, to to really push the envelope forward and make a lot of money for people. And they choose to use that power to promote people who allegedly have hurt others. And even, you know, aside from the accusations, like what they stand for as people is – it's not good enough. It's really not good enough. Yeah. And for them, like one thing that I did notice mm. um, in the Kanye album is that he's got like a Lauren Hill sample and that's sort of Drake's thing, right? Like he sampled her a bunch of times over the years. And so for him then to take a black woman's art and a staunch black woman's art and use it as some sort of like a little bit of their beef is so disrespectful like it takes, um, it takes like you know Drake samples from being an homage or like you know oh look you know this is a great song I loved X Factor or whatever to to just being like oh I'm going to use this as a cheeky way to get back at this other guy like that is so messed up it it's feels, so messed up it uh, it feels very thoughtless um, to have samples within these two huge albums that are unnecessarily there like you said the samples of like. Marilyn Manson's voice being in there. Marilyn Manson's voice being in there in a song that says, I think I'm going to jail tonight. You know, that in itself is something we could unpack in an entire episode. The fact that R. Kelly's uh, sampled in a song and then you listen to the lyrics and the story that Drake is actually telling within that song, uh, TSU, that R. Kelly sampled on. You know, there's there's layers upon layers to how... Uh, problematic feels like such an understatement. It does, doesn't um, it? There's no to, word to describe to how say, infuriating it is. Yeah, it's it. One thing that I will say with those things is that it feels like potentially Kanye and Drake's time might be somewhat done. We see those big backlashes against artists like DaBaby, which came out right before this Kanye album. We see the backlash against having R. Kelly, who is in an ongoing trial at the moment, on Drake's record. And even when I've been looking at the streaming numbers over the last couple of days and and where they're sitting and the excitement that's kind of wavered for these two artists, what that says to me, and this is a really positive thing, is that these two artists that felt so unsurmountable, so mountainous and monumental in their influence and nailing records and creating these hugely flawless albums, I think there is now space for someone else to take that. That's how it feels in the music world. Lil Nas X is putting out a record in a week's time. You know, there's all these artists that are coming out that mm. actually represent something different. Well, you know, I saw a tweet from Lil Nas X um, and it said, you know, why do you always why do you always have all of these white dudes and, and women on your album, you know, you're crediting all these people? And then he said, well, I don't know. None of them want to work with me. And then um, who was it that tweeted Kid back? Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi, Cudi tweeted said. back and said, dude, I'll work with you. And so that is like real time how people are reacting to these sorts of things. But I'll just say like one final thing on this. You cannot create a world out of your own grief and want people to buy into your art 
when you are compounding other people's grief by promoting someone who's alleged to have done despicable things to women and then expect that people are going to keep buying into and the, keep the, the messages it. that you're putting out there because they're not. It hurts. Mm. Any woman who's been through any of the things that Mar- Marilyn Manson is accused of looks at that and says, you are using my pain for some sort of big political or artistic statement and you cannot do that. We're not at that point yet. We're not post like feminism. Yeah. We're not post sexual assault and abuse being like wiped out of the music industry um, or out of any of the yeah. worlds that we live in. And, you know, I, I think it was a mistake. It's increasingly hard to champion artists like that from here on in. Okay, so surprise, surprise, one of the things that's come out of the COVID-19 pandemic has been that the gender wage gap has actually widened during this period. So women um, have suffered job losses at a disproportionate rate Mm -hmm. when it comes to the pandemic. Um, Or sometimes jobs returned, but not in the same way that they were before um, before the pandemic. So, you know, maybe they were casualised, maybe there were less hours, maybe they were getting paid less. Um, and so I wanted to talk to someone who is an expert on this sort of stuff. Um, her name is Maggie Palmer. She's a founder, speaker and journalist. She's a, an Australian woman who now lives in New York. She's an absolute powerhouse. She started uh, uh, she's got a startup. It's called Pep Talk Her, and she is on a mission to close the gender pay gap. Hello, Maggie, all the way from beautiful Italy. Hello, legends. How are you? So, Maggie, we're in the middle of a bloody pandemic. Um, then the news just keeps rolling in because we're learning now, which I guess wouldn't surprise you, that women have suffered the most during the pandemic in terms of wage growth. Yeah, it's mucked up, isn't it? And not only have we suffered the most, but we've actually gone backwards. So the progress, any progress, maybe, you know, as small as it might be that we've made over the past couple of decades, we've actually slid backwards, which is super concerning. Can you outline exactly how much we've slid backwards? Paint the picture for us. Yeah, totally. So basically there's this organisation in Australia that's awesome, the Workplace and Gender Equality Agency. They're called Wigia, right? And they track data every year. So they companies report to them what their um, men are earning, what their women are earning, what the leadership gap looks like, et cetera. And so they have this amazing data set. It's one of the best in the world, actually. And so what we know is that the pay gap has gotten worse almost a percentage point worse, right? So it's 0.8% worse um, over the past six months. And they're attributing that mainly to the disproportionate impact that COVID had on women. And the fact that what women make up more of the casual and part-time staff across the country? Yeah, it's that. And also the types of jobs that women are more likely to go into, right? So for example, during COVID, mostly around the world, construction site and construction work never had to stop, right? In New York City, where I live, it didn't stop. In Australia, it basically didn't stop. So most of the blokes in those industries kept their jobs, right? But there was a heap of industries that predominantly employ women that did have to stop or that did lose their jobs. And so, you know, even the way that governments do lockdowns and make these decisions, whether it was conscious or unconscious, there is this bias against women, right? That means that we were more likely to lose our jobs. 
So then, you know, the pay gaps become worse. And of course, the other massive impact that I know a heap of your listeners would be aware of is the fact that, you know, women have had to quit their jobs because of the increased childcare responsibilities that have come as a result of all the lockdowns. And so you have this incredible startup, Pep Talker, which helps close that gap. Uh, what would you recommend women do? Like, is there anything practical that we can do as individuals to overcome this? Or is it all at like a higher governmental level? Yeah, it's messed up, isn't it? Like, can you believe we're even talking about this? Like 2021, listen, there's a lot of big issues in the world right now, don't get me wrong. And we've made some progress in terms of equality, but like, you know, legally, you're not supposed to be able to pay men or women differently for the same job, right? In Australia and in most Western countries. And yet, we know from the data that it happens. You know, it's probably happening to some of your listeners now. Maybe it's happened to you too. I don't know. It certainly happened to me in my career. And that's why I started Pep Talker. And that's why I'm on this mission, right, to close the pay gap. Because I think it's rubbish. I think it's atrocious. And listen, it, it's going to take a bunch of different levers, right? Like we need the government to um, keep you know, putting in place policies to help support women and families. We need more paid parental leave. That's going to help with the gap. But at the rate of change right now, it's going to take like a couple hundred years. And like, I just am not willing to like sit around and wait for that, right? And so like for me, it's about like, what can we all do? What can everyone listening today? Like, What's one thing that we can do that will like move the needle? Whether it's for our pay, the pay of our team or, you know, a colleague, a sister, a cousin, right? And so like one of the best things you can do is start to talk about money. And so what can be helpful if you like want to start chatting to your mates about it, you can be like, hey, like... What's up? Like, listen, I'm just, I'm thinking about applying for this job. I was thinking the salary should sit between like 55 and 62K. Does that sound about right to you? You know, so you can kind of give people a range and start to open the conversation that way. So it's not like, hey, how much do you earn? It's just kind of like opening the combo, which lets them say, nah, girl, you're getting ripped off. Or yes, that feels about right. Or I don't know, let me call John and ask him. You know, like just starting to have those conversations is really important. Oh, that's so empowering to hear that confident way of talking about money because you're right. You're told that it's a bit rude, not just between talking about it with you and your girlfriends, but I remember, you know, a couple of conversations with male colleagues of mine and feeling so inadequate and also finding out that they were paid more. Than but but here's the thing, like, like the gender pay gap on average 13K, 13 grand. That's like a new car every year. Like that's a lot. I always say to people like, if you don't want to ask, like if you don't need the money because people are like, I can pay my rent, like I'm good, I don't need it. Like take the cash and give it to your favourite charity. Give it to your mum, give it to your sister, buy your dog a new dog lead, whatever, I don't care. But like take the money because if you do that, if you have the conversation and say to your boss, hey, listen, love to talk to you about my um, compensation given all my amazing achievements, could we set some time aside to have a chat about my raises going forward. And then if you have a positive result, like that has an impact on your retirement. Like it's, it, it, there's these massive ripple effects that happen. I, lo- I love all of this work that you're doing in this space and particularly because aren't there some weird laws in Australia around what you can and can't talk about in terms of wages? Yeah, so what's so interesting, so I live in America, right, and there's a lot of backwards things here, 100%. But what's really interesting is that actually Australia is heaps more backwards when it comes to pay transparency. So like, what does this jargon situation mean? So basically there's, um, there's you, you know, when you, you get a new job, right? And you sign a contract. And then if you look through the fine print in Australia, some companies in particular financial services will have a clause that says, you can't discuss what you earn with your colleagues. 
So you're actually breaching your contract if you do dare to talk about your money or your bonus, right? And so that serves to help the employer. Because if there's this like secrecy, this cloak, like, oh, I can't ask John what their bonus was. I couldn't possibly talk to Susan or Yoonjin about their bonus because I might get fired. That actually helps the employer because that allows them to kind of have these bigger gaps and no one will know, right, in theory. But so in America and in the UK, that's illegal. They've outlawed pay secrecy clauses, which I personally think is a great thing because the more transparency, the better. And we're going to get those gaps, get rid of those gaps quicker. But you can still do it in Australia. So like where, you know, I'm a big advocate to get rid of them because without removing those pay transparency clauses, it's really hard for people to have these conversations. Thanks for joining us, Maggie, and enjoy the rest of that European summer. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. See ya. and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. The last thing I want to really harp on about today, little Wolfie. Oh, harp away, little sweetheart. Is that I've got a little podcast recommendation for you. Well, we're all listening to stuff nonstop, so <laughs> I think I'm I, due for a new one. Thank you. I know. When you're going on those walks, if you're in and out of lockdown and sometimes you can't think of the perfect album to listen to, sometimes you, you know, don't want to listen to me and Brooke just yabbering in your ears. No, you definitely want to listen to us. You know well. that I love a fiction podcast, right? You know I'm a big fan. You know who? else I've become a renewed fan of? Who? Kesha. Wow. Kesha. I know. The party don't stop (laughs) till I walk in. A party don't start. Is that what it says? So Kesha is the executive producer of a podcast that's just come out. It's a fictional podcast. This is the official description of it. It's a musical uh, neo-noir science fiction podcast. I saw that and I went, I don't know if I can handle that. That sounds like too many genres mixed mm. into the one thing. But it is so awesome. It's called Electric Easy. There's three episodes out at the moment. And I won't give away the plot line, but it is a love story. It happens between an AI, like electric, which is like a robot. It's set in, I think, 2089 or something, this sexy AI and the kind of Blade Runner figure that's set to hunt her down. But the cool thing about it is that Kesha has written these songs that go in and out of it, so it's very much set in this awesome, like, late late 2000s uh, nightclub scene. It's so cool. The music is amazing, and it's also very much parallel to the struggles of the drag community and the LGBTQ plus community. This place is full of them. It's full of electrics. Eat you by your boys. It likes you. This is going to be boys. School is in session. Freedom is a feeling. Rights for all electric. Elected to people too. Rights for all electric. Elected to people too. Rights for all electric. Elected to people too. I never lived before I met you. Welcome to the electric it's so amazingly written and it's that 
pure escapist entertainment TV show, but happening in your ears. So you can use your own head for your pictures. Yes, exactly. The your voice, eyes are the projectors. The whole cast is amazing. Like Brendan Jordan's in it, Mason Gooding's in it, Chloe Bailey, all these awesome actors. And Kesha stars in it and she's performing the songs in it too. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. It's really, I'm really not just fun. saying that. I've got a good recommendation for you too. Ooh. This is a sleeping one though. You know, sometimes when you're like, Go to bed and then you're like, give yourself plenty of time to get some rest. But then you're like, why aren't I sleep? I oh, sleep I'm getting yet. so restless it's these like days. an hour in and you're like, I still haven't gone to sleep. Well, I found a podcast the other day that has like nice ambient music. And it's not the sort of ambient music where you're like, oh, I like this. It's just like puts you out to sleep. It's called Deep Energy Podcast. And basically it just plays like weird music. There's actually, there's one that has positive affirmations. <laughs> so really? It's just, yeah. What's the voice? Can you do um, an impression? No. The guy's just like, you did a great job today. Like all weird stuff like that. And so you fall asleep straight away. But once I woke back up before the end of it, and he was saying some like, some weird, like it was oddly specific. And I'm like, okay, so you were running out of affirmations. I can't remember what it was. If I remember, I'll post it on the Dream Club podcast Instagram page. You know what that I'll try to find it. It reminds me of uh, our creepy Dream Club affirmations that we are about to get into for our Dream Club update. Dream Club. DM Dream Club update for this week, Woofy, is that in the last few days, my partner, who, long story short, I'd been separated from because of COVID, then we were able to reunite recently and we had a nice, beautiful chunk of quality time together where we did all of the fun activities that you can do while still being safe in lockdown. And he's just gone back overseas. So now I'm back on my own and I need to remember to still treat myself to the cute things that you do when you are with someone. So, for example, we would be recording this podcast, right, and then I would, you know, immediately think of something fun to do on the way home as some sort of cute, exciting activity. Like I'll pick up some really cute Spanakopita from a bakery that's on the way home or I really am craving this, you know, carrot cake that's around the corner from my house. And when I'm on my own... I just don't do that shit. I never do that stuff. You know, you do it when you think you do of someone it when else. You're like, dating what's a fun or when you're thing? with someone. It's a Friday night. What's a cute way that we can celebrate the end of the dessert. week? Exactly. I don't do it when I'm on my own. So now I'm doing it. And you better believe on my way home, I'm getting that Spanakopita. Oh, I want some too. I'm really hungry it's for really it. It's really good. I really, really want some. Mine is sort of similar, but it's more about, um, you know, still making the effort for yourself. So, like, 
You know when you're going out to meet a friend for like lunch or when you're going out to an event or even just going out for a drink or whatever and you do things like um, you'll put perfume on and you'll like moisturise and like blow dry your hair and do all of that stuff that makes you feel good. Mm. Um, I think like I, I just did this on the weekend. Um, I'm going to start doing that even though I'm not going anywhere because it makes you feel so nice and it sort of tricks you into remembering like that there is life outside of wearing trackies and being yes. stuck inside and, you know, not doing anything. That you can still sort of um, do those, you know, like have those routines that make you feel good even though you're not doing anything. Like I'm wearing my perfume oil today. Do you know what? That's, I can't smell me over your own I BO. Sm- I can't. It's on the right side. The smell why. thing is so important. Yeah. Actually, when my partner got here, he had to be in quarantine for two weeks And he had done this research as to how to make the quarantine experience better in the hotel quarantines. And one of the tips that he picked up and that he did every day was they said bring a home fragrance because you can't light candles, you can't burn incense in there to kind of make it feel like home. Because, you know, like smell is so important and one of the things that really puts you off when you are in those rooms, besides the fact that you are, you know, quarantined in in this, trapped in a little box for two weeks, was that, like, get a home fragrance so he packed it in his toiletries bag and he would spray it in the room every day and he said it actually made him feel so much calmer because it made it smell like his home I think it's important roll that perfume oil all over yourself when you need to yeah bring that smell back in yeah hey guess what we love you and we will be back next Wednesday mm. but until then please join our little dream club and follow us at the dream club podcast on Instagram please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and leave us a cheeky review i've seen some ones that just say hey cheeky lately and i love them they are short and sweet but you can go as long as you like you know what i love reading a novel too tag us in a pic show us where you're listening from and tell a friend or two or a frenemy well 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 when you're ready so much passion. We know that. Listener.